0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And uh, as you as you heard my guest giggle right before we started, right there, uh, we we've been having a few laughs between and before the show as well. So it's my really good pleasure to actually introduce our guest today, the one and only Chris Denny. Chris is well, I don't think he would appru- he would say that he's this kind of person, or maybe he does. I don't know. But the way that I actually get from you is that you are highly efficient, you're basically a highly efficient kind of person that looks at how people can reduce errors, increase productivity and improve their quality of role, which is one of the reasons why you actually have uh, a company, which is also the sponsor of this episode, attention to detail.com. Chris, thank you for being here. I could have been wrong there with your whole little setup like that, you know, that's what you do. But correct me if I'm wrong.
1: No, that's great. Thanks so much. I, 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 it depends on who you ask, right? If you ask my wife, then she probably won't won't say the same thing that I'm some sort of model of efficiency. Um, and uh, in but, business,
0: we'll just add yeah. that caveat. It's like, is he a model of efficiency in business? Yes.
1: In life, well, there's a shoe thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah that's that's exactly it i and and of course if i if i make a mistake around the house then i get called mr attention to detail and um you know Ooh, that, that's a burn that is that's a burn oh, right there. <laughs> i know i'm like I, come on man
0: i, I want to high five for that because that's just me that's like me messing making a spe- i make spelling errors all the time but like i'll make a very deliberate spelling error they're like yeah mr T- um, yeah mr wordy i'm like what no they're like I thought you were a copywriter I was like I am shut up (laughs) it took me longer to understand the difference between there there and there (laughs) it really did like an embarrassing long amount of time the worst one was like not knowing the difference between verbs adjectives nouns and pronouns for a really long time and still having to look it up every so often like yeah that's (laughs) an adjective I'm like I'm a writer. I know how to make people money. I don't look at like, hey, this is like the sentence structure. I'm like,
1: no, I'm all about like, how does this sell? Yeah, it's but, funny. The sentence structure was something I was never good at. I mean, I, I'm I'm good with grammar. I'm, I'm probably better, than, way better than average with spelling. Yeah. But sentence structure, you know, that was I don't know, sixth grade and even some in high school. Never got that right. Like, just I never, I just went ahead and got a bad grade on the test and moved on because I didn't get it at all. Yeah. um yeah, there's certain the stuff, stuff like, that doesn't work but i'm guessing the
0: stuff you wrote your teacher's like this is really good but i hope you're i hope your sentence structure was much better i'm like <laughs> i don't care about my sentence structure i'm very similar <laughs> to you all right just a quick shout out to the other sponsor of this episode which is of course story go there get your free 17 minute training guide or video by me uh that basically details how you can write your email sequence now that being said I'm not going to call you Mr. Attention to Detail. I was going to because it'd be kind of badass, but I realized there's a weird connotation to it. How did you actually get into doing what you do? Because I'm always really...
1: uh, I'm really interested in how people actually end up in the fields they're in. So how did you do that? Sure. So I haven't always been necessarily a a super detail-oriented person, but um, I do care what people think about me. I mean, just my overall image. And so you know, making mistakes or not making mistakes is really important to me. And, um, so I, I kind of, I don't know, naturally became uh, detail oriented, but the way I got into this was really by accident. I had an employee at, at my company in 2010 or 11 was kind of the time frame. I don't remember when, cause I wasn't thinking about it, you know? Um, but he was fantastic. He was actually, like this kind of can do everything, sort of technical person. He could like do video editing and design websites and all of this stuff really well. He was super talented and he was a nice guy. I liked him personally. But he could never produce client-ready work or even something that was like ready for the next person in the in the operational chain because it was so riddled with mistakes. And he just he didn't he didn't get the details, you know, and you could even give him a list of all the things to correct. And he still would give it back to you a second and maybe third time with like issues and errors. And, and, um, so I did the thing everybody does. I was like, you need to improve your attention to detail and, you know, be more detail oriented or whatever. And I, I liked him. I wanted to keep him. So I started looking for training. I wanted a book or a course or something, and I couldn't find anything. And, um, I thought, well, well, you know, I'll I'll make something. I'll put a worksheet together or something, and spend a half day with them. And uh, I I realized two things really fast. And and one is that it's a way bigger topic than I thought it was. So I developed an appreciation for it. And then, two is I really enjoyed it. Just I really nerded out on it, and and kind of went down the rabbit hole. And um, you know, that little that thing I was gonna take like a day to make turned into this sort of obsession uh, to the point that even my wife was like, what, what's this distraction thing you have going on with this attention to detail thing? And I, I wasn't calling it that then, you know, I was just like studying this, you know, I was kind of reading whatever I could, listening to audiobooks, and I got to know Google Scholar really well. And um, yeah, so I didn't figure it out in nearly enough time to keep that young man. Uh, but I kind of went down, like I say, I went down the rabbit hole and Five, six years later, I, I kind of came up for air and had a had something of a system in place. And um, people I, I didn't have a blog, I just had a website and it wasn't attention to detail.com. I, I found the owner of that later when I kind of realized there was something here and and bought it. But but I was posting stuff on a website and companies would call me and reach out to me and go you know, hey, I, I found this thing and we have these employees with this issue or whatever. Can you come to a training? And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I'm just a researcher guy. Like, this is my hobby, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, But eventually it, it finally clicked. Um, and I, you know, one of those deals where it's like, oh, wait a minute. I really love this. And, and people want to pay me. <laughs> people want to pay me. Oh... Okay. And so in 2017, uh, when I kind of like had this system in place, finally, uh, something I was really comfortable with because it's attention to detail, right? I wanted like, you can't, you can't sort of half ass it. Right. Um, somebody called me and I didn't have a presentation, but I had the structure and they said, and they were in Houston and where I am. And they said, will you come to a workshop? And, and I said, well, if you give me enough time, you know, I need like a month to put it together. Then sure. And so I did, and that was, that was the that was the start. That was where I I started offering it commercially, uh, in 2017, early 2017.
0: So yeah, that's how. That is so badass. I love that. So my question <laughs> here is, for you personally, what is it that you found that helps people increase their attention to detail? Because for me, when I hear that, at least the way I hear <laughs> it is, um, it's the way that people are. Not their productivity. It is their productivity, but it's also their focus. Like how
1: they use their focus is what I'm hearing. So I could be wrong, but no, that's a big part of it. So there's, it kind of starts from an understanding. What happens when when let's say there's a manager and they have an employee, kind of like my scenario. They'll say you need to improve attention to detail or be more detail oriented or whatever, but they use it in a bit of an obscure way. And the employee needs something more specific. I mean, they really mean like stop making this specific type of mistake, or and and that could be kind of a range of types of mistakes. It could be spelling errors, or you know, you send terrible emails, or you know, you never get the TPS report right, or you know, whatever, um, or you know, you almost you almost wrecked the car twice last week, or you know, there's a, there's a whole range of things. Um, so. You start with an understanding, and it's that there are three types of attention to detail. And that that really helps people kind of put things into perspective a bit and label. Uh, and then there are five fundamental elements of attention to detail. And one of those is focus, like you say. So that's a big one, you know. Um, then there's interest, knowledge, systems, and then there's an attitude component. And with each of those, I tend to hear people say, and I, and I did it myself for a long time. That's why it took me so long to... To kind of put it all together, uh, with each of them, there's this concept of like, well, you just need that one. Like, if just that one, if you just have enough focus, then you'll get it all right. But let's say you're super focused, but you don't you don't have any interest. Like, you don't care at all about this about this task. You you might not, it might not get done at all. Um, or if there's no system in place, or if you don't have the knowledge, if you don't know even know how to do it, you can be super focused, but you know nothing's going to get done because there's no training. You you just don't know, um, or maybe you don't have the experience. So you don't, which is a case of you don't know what you don't know, right? Like you don't even know what you're what you're about to miss. But somebody with experience could say, "Hey, you're going to miss that," you know, like you just will because you've never done it before, and the new guy always misses that. So there's there's these different components, and you have to address all of those. Um, and people ask me every now and then, like, which is the most important one? And that's not.
0: It's can't really single, do it that way. It, it's very yeah. much uh, yeah. Remove if you remove one thing, the the other stuff just doesn't work.
1: It needs to be all a done together. Bit. Yeah, a bit. Now, I mean, I can always pick. I can always say, you know, typically, uh, if you if you throw a random person with you know some some say issues with making mistakes or uh, just errors, probably the first thing you can apply is a system. You know you can give them a checklist or a procedural manual or uh, you know something, you know just the right button, some some kind of system or tool that will help them out. that's that's usually the best uh, initial investment. But I the question that I wish most managers would ask first when there's a problem is, have we addressed the knowledge component? Like, have we trained properly for this, you know, or were were we just assuming they know how to do this or uh, have we actually addressed this part?
0: See, I'm glad that you say that because I had that with Sony and my previous clients in different fields. Mm -hmm. They don't actually address that they themselves have not put that knowledge component together and just expect people to do it. It's kind of like when... um, I have people ask me from time to time to come in to train their in house copywriters, which I don't offer as much as I should, but I actually do training days where, like, you know, if you have an in house copywriter, I come in and work with them, see their work ahead of time, and basically sort it out. Um, The thing that they don't do is they just just hire some kid out of college that has an English major, and they're like, yeah, they can do it. I'm like, no, they can't. (laughs) Right. do you know, like, it, it's, John Carlton said this best, it is easier to teach a salesperson how to write than it is to teach an English major how to sell. Because they'll be like, back to what we were saying, grammatical structure of your sentences have to be correct. No, they don't. It's more right. to do with, like, how people interact and respond to you. Yeah. Um, which is just, in, it's just an incredible uh, way of looking at it. So my question here is, with the ecosystem of how it is, because today you've got a generation, which is, my generation, we have the we have an annoying attention to detail, like our <laughs> attention to detail is almost non existent to a certain degree. Like, it's um, like I the amount of times I sit down to write ads or get some work done or do some email editing or whatever it is, and my phone goes off, or I open and I've unconsciously done this. I actually monitored this on um using ScreenFlow, I just monitored how yep. long it takes. And I counted that I ended up opening, like, six separate Facebook tabs for no reason whatsoever other than my fingers, like, on my keyboard immediately went Command-T-F, Enter, and it was, like, just straight to Facebook. I was like, it's so ingrained in me. So, like, for people like myself who – it is a struggle, I'm not going to lie – getting to that level – what would you say? Not so much a single practice that people can do, but like what would be just small little training exercise they can do would it be, Hey, try not to load Facebook every single day and see what it feels like. Or could it be something as sim- uh, anything really just something that helps us understand our productivity and our attention to detail because and I'll explain why in a second. Uh, it's cool. the, the way I look at it is the reason I asked this isn't because of the same, Oh, how do I increase my productivity? It's more towards if we're going to increase our attention to detail we need to actually address the first thing, which is where our attention currently is. So how yeah. do we reduce where our attention is going that's negative, and how do we actually, in steps, get it to increase our attention to detail? Oh man, there's a bunch there. So, yeah. let's see I thought, here. <laughs> I, thought, I, I, didn't, I hope Courtney told you this was not an easy interview. It's gonna be yeah, fun, but I'll ask you questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, know it's awesome. So, okay, let's let's start with, um, like the awareness of individual components, uh, that's because that can be a lot of fun. So, um, I actually do what I call 30 day experiments and, and the purpose of them is to gain an awareness of this particular item in my life, you know? So it could be, I've done all kinds of them. Um, you know, I've done, what's it like, you know, what's it like if you do a hundred push-ups a day for a month, you know? Um, <laughs> and I found that it's not good on your joints. Yeah. Um, what, uh, you know, an easy one is no drinking, you know, no drinking at all for a month. Um, no, like no dairy for a month or whatever, but you can do no Facebook for a month. You can do, um, I use two separate computers, one with internet, one without internet for a month, you know, um, and which, which brings up that I know people that that's their system for what you just mentioned. Is that when they have to do real writing, uh, they go to their computer that is not connected to the internet, and they sit only at that desk. The computer or any device with the internet is across the room. Um, and then you can so that you know that kind of addresses a little bit of that that electronic distraction thing. Yeah, um, um, you can do little stuff like take the Facebook app off your phone. You can. Yeah, I've never really understood people that have
0: that. Like, I actually, unfortunately, I have the Facebook app, but that's only because I do Facebook lives every so often. But I probably use the app maybe once every two weeks. I, I for me, really? I'm more of a I use the I use the desktop version. Like that's how wow. I get into Facebook. Um, well, I'll use my phone's browser if I can. I just find it 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 means huh. it's extra steps, so it means I don't do it as often because oh, gotcha, yeah. 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 So it just means I've got stuff to do. But there was something I did want to ask you. So one of the things I've done as sure. I moved to my new home is um, I've separated the downstairs and the upstairs because there's an upstairs component in this place. Mm -hmm. And all I've allowed in my bedroom is my electronic piano, um, my iPad, and my phone. Now, my phone isn't so I can browse it at night. It's more, it's genuinely, when I go to sleep, my phone's not even close to me. It's usually on the other side of the room. Mm -hmm. And my iPad isn't really connected to any of my Facebooks or any of my social media. The only thing it's connected to is my YouTube. and I use it more for artwork and journaling. Yeah. And that, because uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a purist in the sense I love notepads and pens, but I've lost uh, about 20-odd notepads that had a lot <laughs> of amazing ideas in them that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go right. digital with this. But yeah. like that, that that's one way that I'm looking at improving that. So kind of like jumping off that, please continue back to where you were. I just wanted to ask more or less like, so would something like that where you're separating your work life to a single room Stepping out, going upstairs and being like, right, this is my rest time. Does that,
1: would that help you at all? Absolutely. I think so. Um, The, because part of it is about getting away from distractions. And then on the other side, you can kind of, I mean, you've kind of created sort of like a safe place from, from those distractions. I mean, that, that is a, you've set that place up to be. Uh, to just have the minimal amount of of things you need, right? I mean, because you don't use the phone like crazy on the internet, and the iPad you use for pretty specific stuff, yeah. uh, and and of course the piano just sounds fun. Yeah, um, I'm still la- I'm terrible at the piano, but I'm learning. <laughs> and it's a nice creative outlet, right? Like even if you're terrible, you can sit there and and uh, play chopsticks and and uh, just kind of peck at it. Exactly. Um, but so. So, like meditation is something I recommend for everybody. It it's something that I never did before all this research, and frankly, I uh, sort of rejected it, pushed it out. I kept coming across it in my research, and eventually, I was I just kind of went, "Fine, okay, I'll, I'll try." So I put myself into it, and really tried it. Game changer, man! I, I wish I had I wish I had been open to it years ago, and I'm glad that. Now there's something of of a movement, you know, the mindfulness meditation movement is sort of sort of happening, and I'm I'm glad it it reminds me of uh, kind of like what Gary V did for wine. You know, it used to be that that wine was library this thing. yeah, like the wine library thing. Like wine used to be this very sort of like uppity thing. You know, you had to if you drank wine, it felt like you were supposed to know something about France and. You know, whatever. You should be able to say the name of the wine with like an accent and you know, where it's from and what year it is and blah blah blah. And and Gary V sorta of Vaynerchuk, he, he took he took wine and he just made it a drink. Like if you like it, like it. If you don't, don't. And be happy to tell people that, you know? Like just say this sucks. I, I don't care if you like it. <laughs> you know, this one's this is no good to me. And and I like that. People kind of have done that with meditation because it was this very new age, new wave sort of sort of thing. And the fact is, it's something that can be very personal to you. If you like it, fine. If you like doing it this way, okay. If you don't, do it another way, because there's fifty ways to meditate. There's a hundred ways, a thousand ways to meditate, right? Yeah. And and it is so helpful. Do you do you meditate at all or have you ever? Or yeah, actually, uh, the way I meditate is,
0: my own personal way, is uh, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. So I actually meditate while I do Jiu-Jitsu. Nice. Because, like, for me, I have to be in movement. Um, while I'm moving, my body's like, cool, yeah, have a thought about this, or, hey, how's life going on over here? It's, that's awesome. It's a trip for me. So I'm like, cool. But yeah. it's just very personal to how people do it.
1: Right. I mean, that's that's... The point of meditation or, or, you know, being mindful about something is, you know, you can say, well, it's about practicing focus, but a step beyond that, it's actually about practicing ignoring distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and by default, that means you're focused on one thing and, and people get frustrated with it because they'll try. I've done these surveys like in, in workshops that I do. I always ask people to, you know, who you know, who's meditated or who meditates and, you know, Usually, maybe half of a room has tried it at least, and then I'll say, "Why didn't you continue?" and and the answer is always, um, "I tried, but I couldn't stay focused, you know, for more than 30 seconds." And that's everybody's thing. It, mm-hmm. it, the first time you do it, good luck staying focused for eight seconds. I mean, it, it your brain doesn't work that way because you haven't been practicing, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of have to come around to it. And after a while, you know, you can do it for 30 seconds, and then a minute. And then three minutes and, and so on and so forth. Um, and people just have to understand that the point is that your mind will wander; it will, and you just bring it back around and, and refocus. And so that, that's the big one that, that is, that is one of the biggest ones as far as, as far as improving focus and learning to ignore distractions. Uh, that's, that's one of the big one. Now you can do the external things. You can turn off, you can turn off notifications, you know, I, I turn off notifications on my phone. The only thing I get is, is phone calls when I've got them on. Um, I've got the same thing and text messages. Yeah. Those are like the only two things
0: because text messages are usually from family. Right, right. Or friends, you know, we, if they're like, hey, what are you doing tonight?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you do, I mean, you do a very cerebral type work. Like when you get into it, you really have to get into it and think and be there and be the company and be the product and, and all that. And yeah, because the way I do it is I get inside people's
0: heads. Like That's the one that's my USP is that I don't care who you are, I can actually get inside your head and talk like you and get your advertising done. So it sounds like you were the one that wrote it, not me.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah.
0: So again, very cerebral. You've got to be able to both engage into that mind and disengage from that. Otherwise, you end up with someone else's voice in your head for ages.
1: So how do you do that? Okay, let's use you you as an example of, because you do it right, right? So you have a certain attention to detail with what you do. Like how, how do you make sure you have a consistent, uh, successful result? Do you, like you probably have a system? Do you have like a discovery type, you know, list of questions or something? Or
0: No, I actually have conversations with people. Um, it's very similar to what we're doing right now. The only difference is so, this is kind of, strange i I never usually get to detail this part of like what i do so (laughs) this is exclusive for my own show all right Um, so the way that i do it is say you were my client i'd get on the phone with you and i'd be like great chris uh and we we've done the initial sales call so this is already taken care of like this would be the first phone call where i'm getting paid for it i'd get on the phone with you and the first 30 minutes of a call i'd just be like cool so tell me about what your product does. Tell me what makes you different. Tell me your story. Tell me how you got into it. Okay, great. All that great information. Okay, now tell me about your favorite ice cream. Tell me something that really pisses you off. Are you a, and I'd find something on their level that we could bond over. Okay. Whether that's travel, whether that's martial arts, whether that's uh, boxing, whether that's sports, whether that's crafts and care. and We'll find, even if it's animals or behaviors, I'll find some way that me and my client can actually, I can understand them because if I can empathetically get in their head through with something that I can relate to, now we can expand. Wow. And we have this amazing back and forth rapport, which is great. And mm-hmm. then what I do is while this is all happening, I'm recording it on They already know it's being recorded. So I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going to record this. Um, <laughs> so I speak to them. And as I'm getting all this stuff out, because a lot of people would wonder, why is my copywriter asking me what my favorite ice cream is? Right. <laughs> like, The reason isn't because I want to know what your favorite ice cream is. I actually want to hear your voice inflection because what I'm looking for is how do you sound when you're happy? How do you sound when something that should make everyone happy doesn't make you happy? Like, what is it about you? Okay, uh, what was the thing that really fires you up? What's something that gets you going? What's a passion of yours? But if I ask you what's your passion, you're going to feed me bullshit. If I give you an actual, if I lead you down that path without you knowing, you're going to give me the truth. So once I have that, I then meditate on that because I actually install uh, that MP3 onto my phone, onto my iPod, uh, because I still have an old school iPod, you know, times I just want to listen to music and not podcasts, and I don't want to be distracted with phone calls. If I'm listening to an audio book, there's nothing worse than getting your phone calling you halfway through a a really good part of the book, so it's like, I usually put that on my my, uh, iPod. And I put that on my phone. I have it play. Ever, I have it ever else in the house. And I basically fall asleep with my client's voice playing on loop uh, for oh, about wow. two days. Um, I listen to it as much as I can, and I take copious amounts of notes. And it's not notes like, "Yeah, uh, Chris is really cool. Attention to detail, but he has this thing." No, it goes to Chris's voice's inflection goes up when he ha- when he says certain types of words. lists of words that Chris says the most. I hear him repeat, on repeat, and how he says them. Can I emulate that into my own tonal pattern? Okay, I can emulate that into my own tonal pattern. And then I start writing. And when I get to the point where I feel comfortable writing, I start writing for clients, and I actually don't hear my own voice, I hear my client's voice. And um, one of the blessings of one of the quote unquote mental health things that I have, is because I'm bipolar type one. Um, okay. You're given the ability. Don't worry, we're all good. There's no, there's no issues. Um, <laughs> people get freaked out by it. I'm like, no, guys. They, they, when you understand what it is, it's not that difficult to deal with. Um, right. One of the gifts for it is that you have rapid cycling. So you can rapid okay. cycle through tasks and voices and people very, very quickly and emotions. Okay. Um, which is a blessing because. What that means is I can now cycle through, okay, Chris is happy, Chris is sad, Chris is ecstatic, Chris doesn't want to talk anymore, Chris is pissed off. I can literally go through all those, all that thing in the space of one hour and pull everything I need for different emails, different strategies, everything I need to get done. And then I sit down and write it. Once it's done, I don't edit as much as I used to anymore. Now Mm -hmm. I just read it and go, does it sound like Chris? Did I leave out a word? Did I not? And then I send it over to the client. And they usually love everything I do because they're like, how do you sound like me? That's cool. And that's my process but that's that, cool but that took literally years of practice and going through it but if you guys listen to me and listen back to what I said I meditate on that and what I mean by that is my mind does kind of wonder hey I wonder what um, hey I wonder what's going on in the land of Facebook and I'm like no 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 brain you gotta listen to this voice come back to the voice just listen to the voice of your, of, of your client and just keep making notes it's not that much longer to go
1: Wow that's that's really fantastic. That's one of the more interesting processes i've I've uh, heard someone describe. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you certainly have a system. I mean, you just you just laid it out step by step. It's very unique to you. It's very it's uh, certainly, certainly special. Um, and you even have the focus component. Yeah. You said it took you years of practice. you have you have all the experience. All the experience there so okay so I'm I am curious if you I don't know if this can even be a specific question so when you take on their voice like mm-hmm. where does that meet up with the actual sales component of of the writing because you
0: have a system for that as well <laughs> um, <laughs> I realize this and this is kind of weird so I've been writing professionally for almost as long as you've been married okay uh and I started actually writing when I was seven, when I was twelve. Like okay. sales letters, but I went pro at like uh, eighteen. <laughs> cool. So as long as you've been married, someone was thirty. In that time period, I didn't realize this for about eight years of my career I did about three hundred and fifty million dollars for my clients in eight years. Like a okay. track. Nice. In the last three, I've taken that to five hundred and forty million From 350 i've gone to 540 and the reason is because i realized i had a system that i wasn't mentally paying attention to my attention to detail was not there because i couldn't see what i was doing every single time that made my letters convert every time i deviated from this subconscious structural masterpiece i created um people like i would lose sales my conversions would go down and I became known as the guy that would get you 10% or more conversions in some of the spaces I worked in. The, the okay. highest one I had was 80%. That was uh, like the most insane thing on a dead list, by the way. List was dead, not had been emailed in absolutely ages. Uh, we had 80% conversion on the sales letter for a monthly continuity. And I was like, uh, I will take my high fives now and my <laughs> praise, thank you. Thank <laughs> right. you. Yeah, yeah, that's Mike obscene.
1: <laughs> that's <Yeah>.
0: amazing. <laughs> but the way I got there was because once I understand your voice, I, I already know your story. And then what I do is I run your story through a bunch of different headlines. Like for you, one of the coolest ones I have, like an analogy for you. So this is a freebie. And everyone else can listen to this, but this is, we're going to have a conversation afterwards. But like, it's a freebie that people can understand about Chris. What he does, at least the way that I think it from a martial arts perspective, mm-hmm. is the first time you learn to throw a jab or a combination of punches, you're very sloppy you you're punching out you're twisting the wrong parts of your body you're not you've not got that smoothness mm-hmm. when you start working with what Chris teaches you how to do and shows you how to get through it and you understand and you know uncover his entire system it's essentially sharpening up the little tiny bits and pieces that are losing you energy that make your jabs and your punches far more efficient and far more accurate so the accuracy and efficiency goes up without actually having to you know, go through the hard, uh, the hardship and the heartache uh, or, or the heartache of um, getting punched a couple of times and realizing that your gas tank is empty at the wrong possible time. This nice. system basically like cinches it up so it takes care of the minute little hinge. It, it, it takes care of the minute little bits uh, and the little attention to details uh, the little details that you pay attention to to actually help them become more attention focused allowing them to get the maximization of what they're able to do and their energy. And the other nice. way to say this is what you do is you're the small hinges that swings big doors. Huh, cool. So that's nice. like, that's how I do it. And that's just like kind of off the cuff of how I'd see it. But like obviously I'd go through your story, tell them exactly what to do, find out a great headline for you, yada, 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 all the right. fun stuff there. So my question to you is, as someone that goes through that kind of process in my mind, I have copycubs that don't actually have that same level of attention to detail. now you know part of my process, how would you suggest that I actually train them to have a very similar thought process? Not the same, but similar.
1: Wow, Uh, let's see here. Throwing you a curveball here, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. So, okay, so they, because you're you're imparting your knowledge, right, so they'll need something of a structure to understand that. because copywriting is one of those things that's perceived as like a creative endeavor, and so people may think of it as something that's not all that structured. And and there are parts of it that are not right. That's that's kind of that's kind of the point. So why not anybody can do it? Um, and it, it's the same with any creative or sort of innovative innovative type of endeavor. Is that uh, it's difficult to systematize the thing itself, but you can systematize the process for getting to the right answer, for figuring out what you're trying to be creative about or what it is you're trying to innovate around. So so I think helping them understand how to develop their own system. And then like you said, uh, they need to learn that they should track, and this is one of the basic tenets of any marketing or copywriting, but they should understand that they need to track Everything they do, because there are things that they will do better than other people, and that whenever they they implement those those specific components, they'll do better. Um, yeah, you're I mean, I, I give you big props because teaching other people to do what you do to me seems like one of the most complicated things around. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you can impart that sort of skill that you know, and, and even help people develop their talent in the area, that's amazing to me.
0: I mean, we actually have a training pro- program for that. It, it's like, honestly, it's structured copywriting. Once you understand it, it makes things so much easier. But sure. I'm, I'm glad that you actually have that because that just confirms and helps me actually go on my way with what I'm doing. So that's actually really cool. So <laughs> we're actually getting to that point, one of my favorite parts of this show. And Feel free not to hold back on this one. Like, just go, Spring for the fences. Oh, boy. Uh, and the, don't worry, it's not a hard question, but it's just one I want to ask you. So if you had five books that you could recommend to people, and there is a caveat to this, that they should read, the difference is three of those books have to be nonfiction, and two of the books have to either be movies or fictional books. What would they be? And why?
1: Oh, man. Let's see here. You know what I'm, I'm I read and listen to a ton of books. What I'm terrible about is remembering the titles of all of them. Um, this may be the part of the of the thing you pause or something. Oh, let's see here.
0: Oh, no, don't worry about it. You can just literally like, dude. I'm gonna take a second to like find this. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. We I've, I've done that so many times on my own shows. Like, keep talking. white. Someone's at the door. I'm gonna go
1: answer it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, Man, you know what book I'm sort of infatuated with right now, and it's it's not one I expected to. It was recommended to me by somebody who, you know, if they recommend a book, I'll just I'll just listen to it. It is called The Million Dollar One Person Business, oh. uh, and the reason I'm so into it is that it's by Elaine Pofflot, Um No, Poffeld. Sorry. is it is so most of the business books you read are all about making a business bigger you know you just hire more people and you create systems and you put it together and you you, more people operate the system all that this is about having a small business with well a large one person operated business basically um, with at least one million in revenues operated by one person as the owner and maybe an employee or two, but the point of it is actually that you systematize it so well that when you choose to scale, when you choose to take on employees, the systems are all in place. Like the the thing is kind of already operating itself, so that when you take on employees, there's already stuff in place. And and I'm around a lot of small business owners. I am a small business owner, and I can tell you that one of the most common mistakes is that people just go, "Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy." I got to hire somebody and they hire somebody and then it's like, well, we got to figure out what that person does. And that's just, it's not a strong place to be, you know? And that's, that's why I really like this book. Um, See, that's quite interesting. So I'm going to pick that up and just something to just jump off
0: there. If that's okay. Yeah. Would please. Be, um, that's actually the reason why I haven't really hired anyone to like run parts of my business because I look at it and go, what are you going to do that? Either a, I can't already do, or B, don't know how to actually impart that wisdom to you. Like, I can't hire a content writer because I'm like, you don't really know my brain process. Right. So I can't really <laughs> have you do that. It's it's the same as having, like, I'm grateful that I have a, um, a podcast person that basically what they do is they write my show notes for my show. That's, I oh, love cool. that because it makes my life a lot easier because I don't, that's not something I want to do. And that's easy because I have a whole system handoffs. It's like, here's the stuff you need to upload. Here's logins. Here's how you do it. Here's how I want it to look like. Go. Until I have that, yeah, I'm very much with you. No point hiring someone until you actually have something you can just give someone. Be like, follow this and it'll be fine.
1: Right. Um. And what? Okay, so I'm supposed to give you two, two, more, two no nonfiction? One. Yep, two more nonfiction. Two more nonfiction. Okay. Then, all right, let's see here. The, another one is called Your Brain at Work. It's by David Rock. And that is, that's just a fantastic book. It's, it's not, it's kind of written in story form. So it goes through the kind of day-to-day stuff of uh, this guy and his wife. And it talks about, you know, them working together as a couple and then them and their individual jobs. And then it stops, and it says, you know, maybe they have a struggle, and they make whatever decision they make. And then it explains what's going on in their brain. It, you know, it'll say, this is a stressful moment, and so you know, his limbic system is being activated, and uh, this causes him to kind of think in a fight or, you know, fight or flight sort of, sort of moment. Really, he should take a step back and you know, de-stress. And it it's really great because. All of the moments it describes are moments we can all identify with. So it helps you understand and label what's going on in your brain when you're dealing with any type of situation, good or bad, you know, negative or positive. And uh, that's, that's a really good one. And now it's a bit of a technical read. I, I certainly recommend listening to it instead of reading it because it's, um, yeah, <laughs> I recommend listening to it instead of reading it. I'll leave it at that. That's and... A good word, Um, all right. There is, like I said, I, I'm terrible at remembering the names of books, but there's a book that is just awesome. So awesome, I can't remember the name of it, so just like all the other scroll, books. Still, so not
0: scrolling my Audible list. Before.
1: So not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have my
0: phone in my hand. What are you on about, Adam? Yeah, Shh. exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, so what's book,
0: the book about? Maybe It's, I can by,
1: it's by Adam Grant. Um, now I got to look it up. Killing me, man. Let's see here. <laughs> Uh, let, me, let me look up Adam Grant books. It'll pop right up. Give and
0: take, original, uh, originals, HBR's 10 must read. I don't know. I'm kind of looking at this and going, I just quickly looked online. I was like, what are his books? I don't even know. Yep.
1: Uh, come on. Let's see. I mean, I've read a bunch of his books. and Option B? Nope. Drive, start with my... All good books, but not the one I really am going for. Yeah, cuz I keep seeing the same ones power moves. That's that's an interesting book. Uh, I recommend that for anybody, but he actually and he says it, he wrote it like it's meant to be listened to. It's not it's not really meant to be read. It's a bunch of interviews. Oh. Um Well, geez, man. Now I now I mentioned it, so I have to go find Give it the, god damn it <laughs> it's like, yeah exactly Son of a, uh,
0: well actually i'll tell you what we'll we'll circle back to that one, you can, send to me, that one. you can send me an email like later on and i can include this on the book list for like people when they actually when you find it oh, um, Awesome. but for the time being you know one of adam grant's books unless you want to add another one you can do if you want okay perfect i'll come back <laughs> <laughs> excellent so that's cool. All right, so the other two, which are 2 nonfiction, non-fiction, two
1: fiction books, or two movies, two fiction books or two movies. Oh man, let's see here. Um, let's do same deal, man. I read a bunch of books, so so my favorite author. I'll start there. My favorite author is Paul Auster, and. Man, a really good book by him is City of Glass. Ooh. Okay. And his books, uh, what are his books about, though? Like, are they
0: genre-wise, I'm speaking?
1: Oh, let's see. What do they call it? Um, there's a lot of coincidence in his books. And, of course, he's a writer who lives in New York. He does a lot of uh, French translation. And <laughs> it just so happens that a lot of the characters in his books are are writers who live in New York who also happen to do French translations, <laughs> so he doesn't get super off the path with who his character is. That's um, that's good, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think that continuity is kind of why I like a lot of his books. But um, there's, like I say, there's a lot of coincidence. There's a lot of uh, people crossing paths multiple times in in life in his books. I, I don't know. What kind of genre that that fits into? Um, but it's not it's not typically stuff that's made up. It's you know it's certainly not sci-fi. It, it's not really dramatic. Um, I'm not good with drama type type books. Uh, and then let's see. So Paul Auster, City of Glass. He's my favorite, and I I read everything by him, and I think anybody else should. My other uh, I would say my number two favorite author is Nick Hornby, and good author yeah, you could pick pretty much anything by him, I think. and and uh, you'd have you'd have a good book to read. Um, would agree to that. Like, I mean, certain. yeah, he's he's really he's really good of let's see here. And again, I don't remember the name of his books. I mean, there's there's the big ones, right? There's like about a boy and stuff like that that they made into movies. Um High Fidelity. Okay, I'm going to go High Fidelity because frankly that's one of my favorite movies partly cuz I'm a John Cusack fan uh, and have been since I was like 8. Um wow. so that yeah, really, I'm going
0: to Cusack's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with High Fidelity. That's that's a really good book. I, I don't know if it's one of my favorites, but that's a that's a damn good book. And damn good movie. Yes. Yeah. i have seen that Most like people. 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> I do that so much.
0: I have that with uh like, one of my favorite John Cusack movies is not a great movie. It's um, Con Air. Like, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I have no idea why. I, actually, I do know why I love that. <laughs> I watched that as a kid, and I was like, oh, this is amazing.
1: Totally. I saw that in the theater.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, you got John Cusack, John Malkovich, and Nick Cage, Finn Grahams, and a few other people, uh, like Danny right. Trejo, Dave Chappelle's in it. I'm like, this is going to be like a really good list of like actors in it.
1: <laughs> and Dave Chappelle's the- in that?
0: Yeah, he plays uh, Pinball, the, the prisoner that... Ba- I don't know how much in the movie you remember, but as the plane's taking off, he's the one that's um, got the key in his mouth initially. He's the one that sets them free.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: It's been yeah. a while since I've seen it. I have not seen it in years. I just remember like seeing Dave Chappelle because like one of my other like forays of creativity is stand-up comedy. So oh, like, cool. I-, I also do stand-up comedy as well. So awesome. Dave was like, is one of my biggest heroes. So whenever I like see anything with him in it, I always like yeah. have to watch it because I'm like, he is hilarious as a human right. being. Right. But his ability to tell stories and tell jokes are just on another level. Just like <laughs> I, th- there's a bit that he does which is brilliant where he's like, So I just should let you guys know, like, quit smoking reefer. And the whole crowd goes crazy. And he's like, With white people. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like uh, okay yeah makes sense now (laughs) like he just loves dropping those in he'll just (laughs) like even on his latest special he had some really messed up jokes in there but i'm like that's what comedy is it's how messed up can you
1: get and still be funny oh yeah no he's he's hilarious yeah i would say i would say that's where i'd leave it with the with the movies the movies and books yeah john cusack man he's it's funny. He's always been my favorite actor, but I will readily admit he's not the best actor in the world. Just for whatever reason, I think because I, you know, I watch stuff like One Crazy Summer and Better Off Dead when I was a kid, and and uh, I don't know, just always, just always like the guy. So watch pretty much everything he's in.
0: Oh no, I totally get that. I mean, I've I've had that with Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah,
1: but he's but really. Good. I'd say he might be a better
0: actor. he's a great actor but he does not showcase it well I mean like I remember reading reviews of his like Hamlet and they're like yeah his Hamlet is is like top three in the world I'm like the same guy that played Bill and Ted right (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) <laughs> yeah, though I have to admit, anyone that hasn't seen it, please go watch the John Wick trilogy. Uh, by the time oh, totally. the show comes out, it'll be coming out. Are you a John Wick fan as well?
1: Oh yeah, they're awesome, oh,
0: dude. We are okay. You and I are like <laughs> definitely going to have more of a conversation about that. <laughs> but like, just wrapping up real quick, I'm going to tell everyone to go over to attention to detail dot com. Um, I know you have a bunch of like online courses and stuff. I think the first one everyone should take. I could be wrong. Will be the five fundamental elements of attention to detail because I assume. That's the stuff that you basically really go into that gives you the core idea and the crux of what you
1: do. Kind of. So actually take the the overview is a better one to take first. In fact, oh, I've thought those, about yeah. taking... Yep, no, nope, you're, you're right, like you should, but I've actually thought about taking the five fundamentals off because I've had people do that, and then they always follow up and they go, yeah, but what about this other thing? Like, did I miss something? And I'm kind of, you know, kind of go, well, yeah, you should have watched the other one first, but so, um, I, yeah, so I might do that. And I'm actually about to update to, because the workshops, the live workshops, the corporate workshops that I do are longer. They're like three and a half hours and they have exercises. So I'm about to make a larger version with exercises for the website. And actually the book, uh, is done. Like it'll be on Amazon. Gosh, man, this week so oh, that's pretty awesome so what's the book yeah. called? attention to detail i assume yep improve attention to detail Yep, it awesome. will be there right yeah. yeah so
0: we'll just include a link to that as well because by the time the show comes out uh, it should be live so guys go check out the book awesome. if you like the show and um annoy the shit out
1: of chris please
0: it'll be hilarious <laughs> like he'll be definitely good to giving you like a lot of uh, stuff to do but annoy him in the best yeah, look possibly. for
1: mistakes in the book please yeah please I, i'm i'm waiting like, it's been, I, I hired an editor. I've read it myself, like, seven times. I got somebody else to look through it. But I know oh there's God. a mistake in there. Oh so God, just You're so nervous, aren't just, you? You're basically like get it over with. Exactly. He's <laughs> like me in the sense of like, how are you? I'm nervous as shit. Why?
0: I got to read through it. Just, I know I made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. I think I did. <laughs> it's like, you didn't.
1: It's <laughs> fine. But yeah. I'm, when when you do what I do, people jump on mistakes, right? They're like, oh, hey, I get emails. I've had emails about the website where people are like, hey, uh, there's like, two ands in a row on that page yeah all right thank you my
0: personal favorite still is whenever i get people i had someone literally message me like no there was no reason to message me this his thing was like (laughs) grammar zero copy (laughs) one (laughs) font zero and i all i wrote back to him was like cool dude uh the font i'm using actually proven uh two how long have you been copywriting i'm (laughs) very curious Went dead on me. Didn't even respond. I was like, exactly. Go sit in the corner, Junior. Come talk to me when you're ready. Um, I'm such a dick about it as well. But half times. All right. So guys listening on the show, um, annoy the shit out of Chris. Go to attentiontodetail.com. And I'm probably going to get him back on because he was just fun to talk to. Uh, and if you guys love the show, as always, comment, rate, subscribe, share. Do all the fun, cool stuff. Leave us reviews on uh, iTunes and Spotify if you're listening on Spotify as well. Chris,
1: it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Glad to have you. Thanks, Adil. A lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Bye, guys.